1: investigating the sort of machine learning attack surface for some time now, and we realized quite early on that there was some low-hanging fruit in terms of uh, being able to execute code through machine learning models.
0: Joining us this week are Tom Bonner and Owen Wickens. They're from Hidden Layer's SIA team, the Synaptic Adversarial Intelligence team. The research we're discussing today is titled "Weaponizing Machine Learning Models with Ransomware."
1: As, as part of that, we were looking at ways in which malware could be deployed through models, and yeah,
2: that's Tom Bonner. So, I, I think it's it's probably good to preface it with the fact that we like ML is being used in like nearly every vertical these days. Um, that's Owen Wickens. I think there was there was a recent survey that said that surveyed CEOs and they said about eighty six percent of them had said that you know ML is part of their critical business function, um, and and with that we we were thinking like you know well, how much of an attack vector is this? So we have been researching this now for um, I suppose the last six seven eight months, and we've been finding that there is particular kind of weak points within machine learning that. People just haven 't really considered or haven 't looked at yet, because I suppose with any new technology it tends to race on ahead of security consideration so you know with with models themselves um training is a, is a huge cost right i mean financially uh, as well as time as well as you know processing capability and to, to solve this, people use pre trained models and pre trained models are essentially the result of this massive computation, and they can be shared freely and and easily and it 's there's actually like a, a huge community built around the open source sharing of models, uh, very similar to you know open source software. Um, but with that has kind of come a little bit of, um, I suppose, lax lax scrutiny. In, in that um, models can be hijacked and code can be inserted in them, and I suppose that's kind of where we are with with the research that we put out. In that we're trying to really shine the light on the fact that these models can be abused so readily and and have been. A, have been able to be abused for so, much, for so long.
0: Well, Tom, let's go through this together then. Take us through step by step. I mean, how did you go about this exploration here?
1: So the first thing we looked at was a, a very popular uh, machine learning library called PyTorch. It's used for quite a lot of um, text generation models, um, image classifiers, things like that. And... Under the hood, it's storing its data using a format called Pickle. Uh, This is part of the Python library for serializing data. Now, unfortunately, there's been a a big red warning box uh, in the Pickle documentation for probably about the last 10 years saying, do not use this if you do not trust the the source of the data because you can embed executable code in in a Pickle file. Now, I think we'd known about this for quite some time, but we just sort of wanted to take it to its uh, logical extreme, if you will. So we looked at ways of abusing the pickle file format to execute arbitrary code. Um, and also, we looked at ways in which we could then embed and hide the malware in a model as well. So we ended up using a, an old technique called steganography for, for embedding uh, secret messages into... Uh, other kind of plain text messages would be the original form. Now, in this case, we actually targeted the what are called the weights and biases in a model. So perhaps more colloquially known as neurons. And by targeting the neurons in the model, we were able to change them very slightly and embed a malicious payload in there uh, in such a way that wouldn't really affect the efficacy of the machine learning model at all. And then using uh, Pickle to execute arbitrary code, when the model is loaded, we can reconstruct the the malware payload from the neurons and execute it. So what this means is that the the model itself, uh, it it kind of, it looks as normal, really. Um, It Loads and runs as normal, um, but when it is loaded up on, uh, you know, data scientist system or up in the cloud, wherever you're deploying this pre-trained model, it, it's going to automatically execute malware upon load.
0: Now, what is the normal amount of scrutiny that a model like this would get from a security point of view? I mean, if someone is is using this, is deploying it, to what degree do they trust it out of the box?
1: That's a very good question. And really the sort of crux of the problem is that most security software is not really looking too deeply into machine learning models these days. Um, There are a lot of what are called model zoos, which are online repositories where people can share their pre-trained models, uh, places like um, Hugging Face or or TensorFlow Hub. Um, And I think data scientists are quite used to just downloading a model, loading it up on their machine, loading it up on a, a sort of cloud or AWS instance uh, without really doing any sort of security checks to see if it's been tampered with or um, subverted in a, a malicious manner. So, yeah, really, th- this is why we we took things to such an extreme was to to highlight that malicious code can quite easily be embedded in these things and uh, yeah, automatically executed when you load them.
0: And now a word from our sponsor, SixSense. SixSense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. To learn why enterprises choose SixthSense, Sense, visit SixthSense.com. Oh, and we've seen this sort of thing uh, on GitHub as a supply chain issue where, you know, somebody can have a repository there, something gets changed, people are relying on it, and and the change, the malicious change, makes its way into people's production uh, pipeline. Is this the the same sort of thing you're imagining here, where someone would surreptitiously insert something into one of these models and it goes undetected?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's it, it's very similar to to your traditional supply chain attack, um, and, and I suppose you know the. The limitations of such an attack are really up to the imagination of the attacker. Uh, this can spread out to be a, 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 an initial access point. It could spread to be a source of lateral movement. You could deploy other malware, um, have a you know a remote backdoor for repeat access into the environment. And I think what what makes these attacks kind of a little bit. Uh, not more dangerous than traditional attacks, but just as is is that uh, often with models, they have you'll have a lot of access to uh, training data, and that training data may contain personal identifiable information, or it may like they'll also have access to the the, the model binary themselves or other models that have been trained within the environment, and in, in, in that instance, if you've been training uh, a model for the last couple months and has had a lot of your sensitive data go into it, if that gets stolen, that could be a huge financial cost as well as a, um, quite a large, um, I suppose, uh, losing your advantage, really, uh, against other other companies if that's um, taken. And obviously, there's the potential things to be ransomed back as well. And, you know, uh, basically following the kind of more traditional cybersecurity attack format that we've seen in the past.
1: And I would just add to that as, as well that, there's very little in terms of um, sort of integrity checking or signing around models. So, yeah, from a supply chain perspective, it's, it's pretty scary. It's, it would be very easy for an attacker to um, subvert a model and you know, a reputable vendor could end up distributing it uh, downstream to, to their clients. And nobody would really be able to know or tell at the moment.
0: And what degree of uh, technical proficiency or sophistication would be required to have the skills to be able to do something like what you all have outlined here in your research?
1: It's actually quite low. Um, So the the technical skills required, I would say, right now, this is pretty much in the domain of of script kiddies is to be able to pull off. Uh, We released some tooling to do this, but we're by no means the first. There are are others who've released tools for targeting the pickle file format, um, for performing steganography on uh, neural networks and ML models. So really, it's it's just a case of uh, stringing together the right commands these days and uh, inserting your malicious payload. It's not an awful lot of skill uh, for an attacker.
0: And Owen, in terms of detecting this, are, are there tools that will do this or or techniques that you all can recommend?
2: Um, there is. There's, um, there's been research into securing the pickle file format in the past because it's inherently vulnerable. Um, uh, one of those is uh, Fickling by trail of bits. They've they've put in uh, very good work really into into detecting uh, abuse of pickle files, but there's also a whole host of other ways that can be abused. Uh, that pickles can be abused as well, and um, and that can potentially be um, another major pitfall. So um, I suppose it, it would be. Uh, Silly of me to pass up the opportunity to say that that's something that we do look at inside Hidden Layer is is a, a way of scanning models and verifying integrity of of, of them to ensure that they're not um, housing malicious payloads and and such. Um, but other than that, other it's it's not been extremely explored within the industry as 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 automate as far as automated ways go apart, outside of uh, tools such as Fickling.
0: Tom, are you aware of this sort of thing being exploited in the wild? Have we seen any examples of this?
1: We're just starting to uncover, yeah, sort of in-the-wild attacks using these techniques. Um, just recently, we've started to see uh, common, common tools, things like Cobot Strike, Metasploit, leveraging pickle file formats to execute code. Again, going back to the the fact that a lot of antivirus and EDR solutions aren't really monitoring pickle Python and, and things like that very closely. Uh, we've seen a new framework recently as well called Mythic, and that allows to craft pickle payloads that will automatically execute, say, shellcode or a known binary, uh, and from there you can load up a yeah C two or, or some sort of initial uh, initial access or initial compromise malware.
0: So what are your recommendations then? I mean, for folks who may be concerned about this, what sort of things can they put in place to protect themselves?
1: Well, first and foremost, do not load untrusted. In fact, don't really load any machine learning models you've downloaded from the internet on your corporate machine uh, or in your very expensive cloud environment where it could potentially be hijacked for, you know, coin mining or things like that. Um, You know, aside from that, Careful scrutiny of models is so scanning the models for for malware, for payloads, um, I- evaluating sort of the the behavior of models as well. So w- we can use sandboxes, for example, to to check the the behavior of a model when it's loaded and make sure it's not doing things like spawning up cmd.exe to create a reverse shell, um, and also for suppliers of models, looking into to signing models so that we can verify the integrity and uh, you know even ensure they're not corrupt in any way uh, we're sort of lacking lacking basic mechanisms like that for, for models at the moment. Oh and any final thoughts Probably
2: is also worth mentioning that we did also release a YaRA rule for public consumption to detect um, a lot of different types of malicious pickle files so that is something that we tried to, to provide people with today so that they can they can look and scan their models. Tom also touched on a, on a really interesting point there, the use of coin miners within um, uh, production uh, cloud computing environments. I mean, if there's one thing those have access to, it's vast amounts of GPU computational uh, power. And you can imagine with a lot of traditional attacks, you, you'd see uh, coin miners ending accidentally ending up as, as uh, an initial stage in in I suppose in, in in victim environments, and you can imagine now if they so happen to get into um, a massive SageMaker instance or something like that, how much uh, illicit fortune could be could be made.
0: Our thanks to Tom Bonner and Owen Wickens from Hidden Layer for joining us today. The research is titled, Weaponizing Machine Learning Models with Ransomware. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice— CyberWire Research Saturday podcast is a production of N2K Networks, proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. This episode was produced by Liz Urban and senior producer Jennifer Iben. Our mixer is Elliot Peltzman. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.